This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Swans Cast Podcast, everyone. I'm joined by Lee once again this week. We've had a week off, but welcome back. Hello. Uh, yeah, straight back to it then. Um, obviously, been quite a positive few weeks to be a Swansea fan. Our form has drastically improved since we were talking about uh, the worries of being at the bottom in the relegation sort of space uh, three weeks ago, maybe, when we were in the bottom three. And yeah. now all of a sudden, we find ourselves sitting in sixth position in the playoffs, which, yes, I know, very early. I know that's not necessarily I was going to finish. Completely aware of that, but let us enjoy the fact that we've moved up, climbed the table so fast, and all of a sudden what looked like being a struggling season could be something a bit more positive. So um, we'll talk about that today. But as always, before we get into anything, don't forget to subscribe. Hit the big red button underneath where Lee is um, to keep in touch with all our podcasts and leave a like as well that helps more people find us so really appreciate the people that do click those two things um we can't explain how much it does help us grow as a channel and you know it does really mean a lot so if you could please help us out there and leave a comment as well let us know what you think of swan's recent form is it all down to russell martin or are you still skeptical let us know what you think going forward because i know there's still some people who aren't fully on board which is fine and it would be nice to just hear the reasons and opinions why and perhaps what you you want to see before um before that changes um well before we move on as well i've been asked to shout out um a designer on instagram they've got a page they sell basically framed prints of shirts and they did a swansea one recently so the name is called belson designs and he just contacted us just to give a bit of a shout out so I'll put the link in the video below if you want to check that out there's a nice little print of Swansea's new home top and I think it'll look nice on your wall if you're a Swans fan but uh, yeah go check him out not sponsored or nothing or paid just I think uh, local or small time business just asking for a bit of support there so go check him out he does a lot of different teams as well so yeah you can go and have a look don't know if you've seen that Lee some of them look quite cool to be fair 
But, uh, yeah, I did have a look. It's quite cool. <clears throat> yeah, he's got a little Etsy shop, and uh, I think he does like cards as well. But yeah, go check him out. Like the ones you'd have in your like match attacks or whatever yeah. for your team. He makes custom ones, so it could be a good Christmas present, perhaps. Um, but yeah, what have you been up to this week then? Just more revision as Not always. Not much. Yeah, work is busy as always, and obviously doing a qualification on the side of work as well, which is taking up a lot of time. But we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. Are you probably you in the in the audio, whether you're watching on YouTube or um, listening through Spotify or another podcast service? Perhaps we both sound a little bit rough. You got sniffles, <laughs> and I've got a bit of a croaky throat. So, uh, I'm sure we'll get through the episode fine. Um, a little bit more. A last thing I forgot to mention with the housekeeping was we have joined the Sports Social Podcast Network. So again, I'll start sharing the links to that page soon. So go and check us out there. They're basically hosting the podcast. So you might hear um, some stuff popping up through the podcast in regards to them. That's going to support us and hopefully help us grow as well. There's other podcasts on there. I think they've got like David Seaman and stuff. have got a podcast on there as well. So it's worth checking out. Um, but yeah, we've got a page on there. So you can go and have a look. It's got a nice little picture of both of us. <laughs> uh, not, not that anyone cares about that. But yeah, you can go and check that out. Sports Social uh, Network is called. Um, but yeah, it's been a quiet week for me, same old in work. Although we did both go last weekend up to West Brom, which was a good trip. And maybe we could talk a bit about the experience of the away day and perhaps compare it to some other away days. Like, what's your favorite, perhaps, uh, away day? Not from the sense of necessarily just the match, just the stadium, but the full package. So, for me, and I think we talked about this when we were there, West Brom is actually quite high for a couple of reasons i'll yeah. touch on the fact that the distance from swansea is not the greatest so it means a one day up and down trip is not too bad when you drive in um and also we've i think found the best pre-match pub <laughs> or at least that i can think of i don't know if you no, agree I, with that 100 percent, the best one ever so i don't know if any swans fans listening to this went to the same place i think it's called the vine was it called the vine the vine, yeah. The vine, and it's basically a pub, right? And with this, the second time we've been there, maybe the the story from the first time is like better because we didn't know what to expect. I think we just found a random parking space on the street, and we were like, "Oh, we'll just you know find a pub before the match." Last time we went was in the night as well, when it was an evening. Yeah, day. it was midweek. Yeah. We'd stop for food before we went up, as you do, and we were gutted because we went. To, we found this pub. Just it's in the middle of a housing estate, like a small little pub. It looks really small. We walk in and we're like, oh, this will be all right. It's quite quiet. You just walk through, get to the bar, and it keeps going back, and it keeps going back, and it keeps going back, and then you get to this, like, big foyer at the back, and there's this massive grill, barbecue grill, and all of a sudden, it's a curry house. Yeah. Like, it's randomly, awesome. like, in it's, it's a pub from the front, like a proper English pub, and then you get to the back, and it's this curry house, and it's just, well, yeah, it's banging. They got a little beer garden at the back, and it was really nice in them little booths. That's where we sat this time. Uh, but best pre-match meal, obviously, again a drink. I think the only way you could improve it was if they had the sport on the TV. Yeah, I think it's I think it's class. Well, I've been to West Brom about five times, I think, and it was only the last time we went that we found that place. And then we just I got to go every year now. Yeah, just even if West there. Brom go down to League One, we'll have to just go to West Brom one weekend. Yeah, to watch a match because it's yeah, that place is class. It's unreal. You're not get you're, surely. Well, yeah, not unless they sack Steve Bruce, but uh, they've um, 
yeah, it's, just, it's brilliant. And when you ever see like a proper pub and then burst into this like grill curry house thing, and it's not just like rubbish curry either from a pub, it's proper, proper serious grub. Yeah, not the curry French I had was class cook. this time as well. Like, they, it's not just curry though, is it? Like, they do like, um, just yeah, the meat in it. Like they have the skewers on the barbecue. You could have it in a wrap with like the mint sauce and lettuce, and it's just banging. Yeah, I got nothing nice. else to say. Like it was just, <laughs> I think I looked forward to that more than the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was. Uh, I got a pick. Let's see if I can get I get a picture up here now. And the and the, and the game was class as a side bonus. Yeah, the game was class as a side bonus. If we'll get into the game, um, <laughs> but. Just for context, for anyone that is watching on, um, <laughs> watching on YouTube, look at that. <laughs> Them kebabs—they're just pre-match meal. Come on, like as a pre-match meal, one more can you ask for than this? I guess. Yeah, it was class. Like, you know, she's obviously happy about serving it. I was happy to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> if just genuinely, if you ever go to West Brom away. This is where you need to go before the match, right? It's just, just, just trust us. It's um, yeah. It's where you just need to be. Anyway, enough about food. Um, <laughs> this, we did go to the match as well. I think this is the first game after the international break and first game since the three nil win against Hull. And yeah, uh, what did you think of it? What was your match day experience? Class game. This is well. There's another reason why I like going to West Brom is we tend to. We tend to travel well to West Brom, minus Except the last time we went. Selena's taking penalties, yeah. yeah. Done that one, yeah. Well, that but was we, the first like, time we went, yeah. Over the... No, we went before as well, didn't we, when uh, Laudrup was in charge. And uh, we won 3-0, I think. Ben Davis and Michu and Pablo scored. Ben Davis goes screaming at him. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Like, well, yeah, over, over, the, over the years, though, we've tend to done really well at uh, a West Brom away. I remember we... Beat them one nil once. Craig BT scored back in the day, but uh, no. And, and then in this game, you just couldn't have asked for any more. Five goals, penalty save, last minute winner. It's just perfect. We can't ask for any more from the way day than that. Yeah. Um, what did you expect going into the game? Obviously, West Brom near the bottom of the table. They were actually below us when they going into the game. Two points, I think, after we won against Hull, um, but. They still only got relegated like the season before last. You know, it was the second year parachute payments. They they signed what people thought was quite well in the summer. As much as Steve Bruce gets a bit of stick and memed, you know, he is a seasoned manager, if that's a nice way to put it, with experience. And now they they find themselves currently in twenty second with ten points because they've lost the game since we played as well. Um, so do you think? We were actually going to go there and get a win. Uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a difficult one because, you know, I'm not I'm not very optimistic anyway about any game that I go to. I always just try and cover myself and be like, oh, I expect the worst, and then anything else is a positive. But like they've got a good enough squad. I think they are probably in a false position. Um, but they lost to Birmingham at home before the international break, I think, and the the you know the the rumours were coming that Steve Bruce was under pressure. I just think that like managers like Steve Bruce now and like the Sam Allardyces and you know Chris Sheen, Chris Wilder sacked the Middlesbrough. I think these managers are just like proper dying off now. I think the game has moved on a lot. And I just don't think these type of managers are 
being as effective as they were. Um, but I don't know that that could just just be a hindsight thing. But yeah, I was a bit I was a bit more optimistic than usual going to West Brom. I think we always do well there, and they've not been playing well. And I just fancy that our style of football is just so much so much better now to deal with you know teams like that that you think are going to be a classic Steve Bruce team. I just think we're more better equipped. Like I would have taken a point on the road to West Brom all day. Um, to come away with a win was class. I'm jumping ahead a bit before we return to West Brom, just because it's relevant to that conversation. But um, where do you think Slavin Bilic fits into that group of managers that you just mentioned? Is he is he in that crop, or is he not quite there yet? Because obviously he's been taken charge of Hull. Move your mic away a sec. It was a massive uh, blowout there. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I mean, what do you think of Bilic? Yeah, I don't think he's quite in that category yet. I think he's like he seems to have been around for a while, but he's not quite in the like the dinosaur category as I put them. But uh he's not a he's not a, he's just not an appointment that um gets you excited anymore. I mean he had that really good run at West Ham for a bit. Um but it's just not one of them where you think, Oh, you know, it's gonna you're gonna rip up trees. I'd have been absolutely gutted if I was a West Brom fan and uh they brought in Steve Bruce. Like that is just ridiculous, and it's not. I'm not being a, like not trying to be too hard on him, but it's just um, weird because they brought in the guy from Barnsley, was it? Before yeah, Ishmael, Ishmael that, yeah. It, yeah. And I know it wasn't, but they were kind of just outside the playoffs when he got sacked, and then yeah, where, like Steve Bruce, did they? They got in the playoffs in the end, didn't they? Last year, just no, they missed out, didn't they? They just missed out. Um, I can't remember now. I thought yeah, it was Huddersfield. Of... No, Huddersfield and Luton, wasn't it? And uh, Forest and yeah, Sheffield United. Just they, they, no, I think they fell away. Like a, I think they dropped like a stone after he took over. I think... Let's have a look. I can, I can tell you where they finished last year. I've got it in front of me. Tenth. All right, yeah, they did. Fair play, fair enough. It was... Well, it's only two wins. I mean, what do you... It's not... Two wins from yeah. Luton... Yeah, I'm sure they were like well, two wins. I say two wins. It's actually over. eight points, so it's more than two wins. Yeah, okay. They, they, they didn't actually improve. Okay, I'll correct correct myself there. I don't you know don't really pay attention to the whole league table. You should just pay attention to the Swans. But um, <laughs> they finished ten. Steve Bruce didn't really do anything when he came in. Like, if you're gonna get someone like Ishmael who's got a clearly defined style, surely you need to give him more than like half a season before you yeah. and then like you just revert to one of these tried and tested nothing special safe safe in asterisks um, nah, I think all the managers but it like doesn't do anything for you anyway it's kind of what Cardiff have been doing for years and yeah they obviously now have realized perhaps to change it but yeah, and I don't think I just don't think these managers are safe anymore. I just I would be absolutely gutted if we appointed one of these managers. You know, your Bruce's, Allardyce's, uh, Pardew. You know, just these managers just been around for centuries. The yeah. game's moved on. Um, I just that, and that's what that's what I love about what we do. Like with with our manager manager appointments, just trying to do something different, trying to find fresh ideas, young managers think- who are hungry. Comparing to our situation then, obviously, say we go back three weeks ago and Russell Martin is having a bad time. We're in the bottom three. People are frustrated. Like, is that roller coaster from there to where we are now? I know in hindsight you can say easy now because we're up 
higher up the table. But based on all of last season as well, would you take the highs and lows and roller coaster of that over one of these? Uh, yeah, yeah. These these older guys who's just that like the same old. Well, well, definitely. I know, like, well, you can look at say Steve Cooper for example. I know he's not like a dinosaur manager because he's he's quite new to it, but his style of football nearly just like made everybody cry, even though we were winning games. Um, and I think that's what you get. I mean, you bring in someone like Bruce or. Allardyce, for example, they it's not it's not pretty to watch, but they'll get you results, and the idea is that they'll get you up from the championship or keep you up in the Premiership. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I I I would take, it. and I think a lot of fans, like we saw under Steve Cooper, were just getting like just so annoyed for just winning games but not playing the right way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you take you take exciting football as long as you weren't, you know sliding down the table you take the ups and downs because we've had some fantastic results under martin um doob. it just outweighs the bad games the two yeah exactly exactly speaking of steve cooper um i thought he was on the verge of getting sacked we just signed a new contract until 2025 what's going on there i i get what they i get what they're doing i think what they've what they've done is they've signed a ridiculous number of players haven't they i think they've signed players to keep them up in the premiership but they've also signed a lot of championship players so i think it's quite clever what they're doing in the sense that they're sticking with steve cooper for a, for they say right you can have like x amount of years if we go down this year fine we've still got a squad then that can bring us back up when we'll be better equipped similar to what burnley did with like sean dice today they went down initially and then when they came back up the second time they were there for years weren't they because they were they were ready maybe they went up too soon in their sort of process um but I, I i think that's what they've done because signing 22 players is not good for your squad is it i think yeah i think uh, i mean I, for me you're just shafting all the people put in the work to get you there in the first place and i think i know you're saying they sign players that can keep them up but it doesn't mean anything to them at this point it means something to the players who won the promotion if they can yeah. prove themselves in the premier league and i know they're not all going to and i think you should sign some players um obviously you need to to stay there but like when we first went up, our team was a lot of the players that got us up, and we were the underdogs all the time. And we did a really good season, finishing twelfth, I think it was, was it? And um, yeah. no one expected that. We were favourites to finish last, but I think it's the passion and adrenaline of like being the underdog and wanting to prove yourself in the higher league for these players that might not have been there before makes them play better than perhaps the players that they are at least at the start, and then in the second season, perhaps where you start like phasing some of them yeah. out a bit. I know, it, does, do it, it doesn't always away, work, Like the whole it? 11, like it's kind of like, yeah. cheers guys, got us there, but... I know, I think like, it's a different approach, isn't it? I, I agree with you, but I think like looking at our example, um, and maybe you can look at like Brentford maybe, who, who did quite well, a couple of other teams maybe, Even but how many teams... When Leeds went up their first season, it was all right. Yeah, but how many how many teams do you think of in the past that just come up and go straight back down because they're just not good enough? Like you look at the, the amount of times Norwich and West Brom go up and down from Most a business of them point. Are like playing defensively though, and they they Yeah, but you can't back. you can't go up and what, do what we did before because you can't just go up and try and play well, possession that, football anymore. They? Well, well not, they don't. I don't think they play not football. Possession, like we did, but they're they? like flair, and they it's not like they sit back and defend. Yeah, but they got like a crack in like front three, haven't they? Where they can sort and, of catch people on the break. And Leeds and the Bielsa, like they didn't, they they had their own thing going. 
Yeah, but I mean, you, you can't do it like we did. I just think because that yeah. it's just hard to do that. Now you're not going to go up to the Premiership and just like out possess teams. But what I'm saying is, I can understand it from a business point of view. They're thinking, all right, we've got you. We've got all this money for this year because you you know what the Premiership brings. If they go down next year, um, if they go down next year, then they'll comfortably have the best squad in the Championship all of a sudden with the same manager, with the same group of players. It's risky because it might not work, but it's likely that they just go straight back up and they'll be better, they'll be more ready. How much so is it? Is... Oh, God knows. Oh, yeah, but he's only a year contract to me, so if, he, if they go down, he goes. Something ridiculous, like 250 grand or 200 grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. Lingard. Yeah. Mad. Um Okay, so back to the point. We were talking about the West Brom game. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we went up there. Uh, great away day. You didn't go to the concourse at half-time because the experience in Reading just... Someone behind us said that it was random there. We just didn't even bother trying. So I can't yeah, talk can't. about that after the Reading experience. Uh, didn't, it wasn't that bad before kickoff, was it? We could get through quite easy. Yeah, I think we we, we arrived quite late, though, to me, because we were still yeah. enjoying our coming. On kickoff, basically. Yeah, as the teams were coming out, it was all empty downstairs then. A uh, special shout-out to the West Brom fans who gave you the big one for about five minutes um, on the to the right of us. Uh, they went ahead. Actually, they went ahead in the 65th minute. And for that, it was six-minute period. It was until our equaliser. For that entire time, they were banging on the advertiser board in front of them for like six minutes straight. And you had a peep out of them all game. Even when it was nil nil, obviously we scored quite early, but um, <laughs> yeah, they completely shut up six minutes later and then went on the third goal. So it was just funny to see them giving it a big one and then leave after the third goal in the 89th minute. That's what I said. Interesting was that's what made it one of the best away days. Just uh, I thought it was over after we went two one down. I thought ah, they you know. We've we've thrown this away. I thought, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to come back from this. So to come back and then win the game, um, yeah, just ructions in the away end and the winner winning. Right. Okay. So that's that's one of the main points, right? And it's it's also this continues into the Watford game, even though it probably isn't fair to call. I think when you look at what happened in the Watford game with the injury time, and maybe it technically that goes in about the seventy ninth minute, really. Or the 80th yeah, minute or yeah. something. So yeah, yeah. as much as it's like 98th minute or something, it isn't really. Um, which which we'll get on to that. But what I was going to say is, is our luck changing a little bit in terms of the injury time wars we've had, the late collapses. We were talking about a bad trend. It's been a theme for a long time. As Martin been doing like match, pre- uh, no match preparation, match management training, been drilling it into them like, is, is it him that's changed this, or is it just a case of like how bad luck has run its course? I think, I think, like fair play to him. I think our game management is a little bit better because it had to be because it was ridiculous what was going on for right a while. Man but I... to the corner, which is the first time I've seen yeah. that happen. Yeah, first time we kept the ball in the corner. But um, I, I think like over the course of a season, it probably evens out. I think like a lot of people say it now, like oh, you know, if we didn't throw away those last minute goals, we'd be we'd be third or whatever it is. But I think it kind of evens out now because we scored late against Blackpool for a winner. We scored late against West Brom. Um, 
and saved a penalty as well. And like I know you're saying about West uh, Watford, but we scored quite late in the game. I think it just evens out over a season. But I do think our game management is 100 times better. I don't know if he tries to... Maybe he's changed it in the sense that we look for a last-minute winner instead of conceding the last-minute one. I think that's what happened against Sheffield United because we were forward, weren't we? When yeah, they well, broke Patterson on us was in scored. the box ready to shoot when he got tackled. Yeah, so and rather than the before... tackled him, thus hoofed it downfield... Yeah, for the assist to say, well, it wasn't the assist, was it? It was the one before the assist. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, but yeah, but I think like we we were unlucky there because like you know we've said like Norton makes a mistake if he takes him down, we still get the point. But um, he's going for a winner there rather than what we've seen previously is when it gets to like the 80th minute, we we tend to drop back, um, and we're just inviting pressure. But I noticed in like that game, for example, in Sheffield United and West Brom and Watford. We were still going forward late into the game. We were still looking yeah. to get a winner. It looked a little bit like maybe we dropped off a bit when we were 1-0 up and won all. But then when we went behind, they came back. They actually started coming back into it and looking. So I don't think it was a case that we dropped off. I just think West Brom were having a good phase of the game. Uh, oh, no, no. I don't think we dropped off in that game. I mean, yeah. like before, when we were when we were conceding, like last-minute goals. I think like the middle wall game, we were just in panic mode, just right at the back, defending the sticks. Yeah. Um, but since I still think the turning point in this season is the Stoke away game, and that's when I pinpoint our season starting. I think since then, um, even though we conceded last minute in that game as well, but um, I think since that game we've looked to go forward late on rather than rather than sitting back a bit yeah. and being a bit panicky. Yeah, um, and Bender obviously came in in that game, or the game yeah. after, sorry. Game um, after. And between the Watford and the West Brom game, I noticed as well, like, it looked like against West Brom, some of their, like, passing up from the back stuff was creeping back in a little bit, as if, like, our form's improved, we're going to try it again now, start bringing it back. <laughs> but against Watford, they did stop it again. So, like, I don't know, I can't put my finger on the message. It's like sometimes yeah, I know. they're trying yeah. it, and then other times they won't. It's not consistent, which I get, like, it's ultimately what they want to do, isn't it? Keep the ball all the time, but... It is getting more streetwise to when it's good, and I think what the players are struggling with at the back, like the keepers especially, um, is all right. I can I can pass to him, so I'm going to do it. But they're not thinking like what's next, and then how much pressure is he under to make the next pass? Has he got another option? It's fine for them to make the first pass. It's that next one that's the problem for us, and then that person's under pressure, and that person's under pressure, and it goes back to the keeper, and they kick it anyway. Although saying that. That also might be by design, and I know it's scary to watch sometimes, but you're dragging the team into you. So, like, the forward players come in, say you've got three people pushing. So rather than Bender taking a goal kick where they're all a bit further back and ready to defend it, and it's a bit of, like, whatever, it's just in the middle of the pitch now. I think the idea is what Martin wants them to do is bring the players out, make the gaps in behind, and then hopefully Bender plays a good pass from that even though he's under pressure and he lands on one of our players forward up and is in more space all of a sudden to attack. That's what the idea is, but it's not always yeah, that I think, straightforward. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. I think streetwise is the right word you said. I think it's just picking the times to do it now, whereas before it seemed like we were doing it just for the sake of it. Like we have that ball from the keeper yeah. to Kyle Norton has to go <laughs> no matter what, even though when you could see it wasn't on. Um, I think now they just do it at the right times. There's been games at home where um, I've watched it and he's passed it out to Norton. I think the Hull game might have been a good example 
uh, I think, or maybe even Sheffield United before that, where he's passing it out to Norton and everybody around me is going, oh my God, get rid of it, stop doing this, stop doing this. And then they found space and in 30 seconds, they've got a corner at the other end. And it's like, yeah. that's why they do it. That's what that's they're hoping to the get plan. That's the plan. And Potter did it as well. Remember that goal against Man City is a prime example. Uh, yeah, Selena's yeah. goal against Man City where they play with it in our own corner and then they just passed around them and got up. That's what the goal is. It just doesn't always come off, but that's the style of play. Yeah, that's the style of play. And it is hard. It is hard work. And, you know, the players perhaps aren't all perfect at it or all suited to it or have all done it for their whole careers and they're in championships. So they're going to make mistakes doing it. But that's what he's trying to implement, isn't it, ultimately? So, like, but they're, they're definitely doing it less and being a little bit more selective with it. I just thought against West Brom, it crept in a bit more and it was a few... Yeah, there was a couple, yeah. but they reined it a little bit more in against Watford. Although Norton made a couple of errors, but we'll come on to him later, perhaps a bit tired. But, um, yeah, anyway, the West Brom game again, good away day. So, we saw five goals. So, that's uh, what's that? We saw eight again in the in the Reading game and five years today. That's a good return from the last two away days. Um, so yeah, five goals, obviously a win, a comeback win, and a penalty save. Yeah. We haven't touched yeah. on the penalty save. I've got to say, though, it was never a penalty. No, no, not a chance. I watched the replay and he goes, I think he just goes down, like the ref's been out, absolutely conned. But the ref was not very good for the whole game. And I think nah, even the West Brom fans were moaning about him. Yeah, it was poor. But after that penalty, he seemed to give Swansea everything and he wasn't doing that for the whole game. He was blowing up with the stupidest fouls against us. Like it was no, there's periods where the game went scrappy, right? We went 1 0 up and then it got really scrappy. West Brom came back into it, suited them down to the ground. We had no rhythm, couldn't get any rhythm because they just started kicking us off the park. Ref was letting it happen and then they just kept doing it. And then eventually started, he started booking players for like time wasting, didn't he? Yeah. Like in the first half. It was like, I'm not sure he's time wasting. Like every other player in the league takes that long to take a throw in. Yeah, I, I think know. he lost control a bit. That really ref, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then second half, it seemed like he was blowing up for everything. Every, every yeah, time someone so like at the deck, he was blowing up for Kicking us off a back, and then second half, blowing up for everything. Like when we yeah. we started giving it back, you could say. And it's like an ass foul now. But then it seemed he gave the penalty. And then after that, he was giving Swansea everything. So I was I said to you, didn't I? I was like, it's as if like he knows it wasn't a penalty, and he's trying to like even it out. Ultimately, the penalty yeah. got saved. Fantastic save by Bender with his yeah. foot. Um, the guy tried doing like down the middle, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't think the fans were very happy about it. Um, but yeah, really good. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I've never seen a ref actually react to a crowd before. I think the Swans fans were singing, oh, yeah. "You know, you're you're not fit to referee," and he turned to the away end and he put his like, arms what? up. He's like, well, I have never about? seen. It's because right, it was he gave us a free kick when we were singing that. But everyone was like, because I think he'd booked um, one of our players earlier on for some sort of foul. Or, or maybe no, he hadn't. He only booked right man for a yellow card for time wasting. Anyway, whatever it was, it was better. Like it was deemed, it was worthy of a yellow card. And it was like the 10th time or something. Yeah. Or like there'd been a lot of fouls in quick succession. And it was like, yeah, surely was, that's yeah. a yellow card. Like you stopped play, walked over to him proper like done it and then didn't book him so that's why they were having a, they was chanting that because he was like okay you cards are like you're quick enough to book him for time wasting for like five seconds throwing but then he's literally gone through the back of someone or whatever it was and you're just like not bothered so he was confused i think because he was like i've given you a free kick what are you want about 
I've ne- I've never seen a referee react to a crowd ever like that. Uh, never shows seen that they listen, doesn't it? No, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, a couple of things to mention, and I think the West Brom keeper didn't have the best game. Yeah, yeah, I think he should have saved. Um, well, he messes up for the first goals, and he's no way no man's land. Free header, didn't he? Just and I think he should probably save in champs shot as well. Bit of a daisy cutter. It was good in the corner. To be fair, it was just a bit yeah, a bit slow. It's a good shot, don't get me wrong. Just I think a lot of other keepers get there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um I know there was not very happy West Brom fans on Reddit, I saw. But they're, yeah, they're not happy with it. We did get warned actually in the preview, if anyone watched that, that David Button is not necessarily first team championship quality. Uh but he's kind of like a reserve who's been bumped up when they've lost their first team keeper and they didn't replace him. To our benefit, uh, take that all day long. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. And then what else was there? So Michael Obafemi obviously came off the bench and scored. Right in front of us, uh, we got a nice little video going around on TikTok at the moment after the match, where he's singing the "You Jack Bastard" back to the fans. Um, yeah, looks like everyone's back on board with him now, which is nice to see. He's just a he's just a, like a confidence player, isn't he? Like when it's all going right for him and the crowd are singing for him, and now he's great. He's almost unplayable at that point, isn't he? Because he just loves it. But uh, yeah, so I think we're in a in a cycle of having him on good form. Because that was a good great finish. finish for the winner. Yeah, finish. great finish. Under pressure, he takes in the box, uh, kind of turns and shoots. And... Yeah, I thought the chance was gone when he sort of went backwards, but um, he I think turns he had on to it turn quick, to get a better angle, though. I'm not sure he would have yeah. scored if he took that first time. Great finish. Yeah. Um, and I left for last because it's a big conversation I want to have between the two games. And that is Cham. So when Cham comes off the bench, I think he replaces Ollie Cooper or Fulton Felt- he replaced. Um, Latapodia replaced Oli Cooper. Obviously, nice to see him back on the pitch. We'll touch on later. Yeah. Um, but in Cham, Oli Cooper, I've been raving about since he came into the, the team, and I think he's done a really good job. And we have slated in Cham a bit, but in Cham, come on, and he scored. He had two goes today. He did his first shot in there, and then nothing happened. Yeah. And then he had the ball straight back and tried again, and it goes in. And we were like, it's kind of, I, I was, when I was watching it, because it was right in front of us, it was like, he hit it, and I didn't realize it went in until like, it's gone in. Well, I didn't yeah. think he was going in. If that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think it was going in. And then it's in the goal. I was like, oh, he's he scored. Like, it's done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he started then against Watford and he scored again. Yeah. Another outside but, of the box goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is, this is something we've been missing for ages for somebody to have a pop outside the box. Because anything happens. Like, they got a little deflection in the Watford game, didn't they? Got a little. Like a little flick off the defender's foot, but desperate for a midfielder, desperate for midfielders to hit it like that, and he has got that in the lock. I think in Cham gets criticised a lot. Doesn't do enough of as well as yeah, I think so. Yeah, but um, I've I've criticised criticised in Cham quite a lot this well for two years, but it's the frustration because he was so good against Watford and got his goal, and then he was brilliant when he came on against West Brom, but then. That could be it now for five months. 
and you don't know what you're going to get. And like you know, he came off the bench against West Brom last year and made the run down the wing and created the goal. And he was he was brilliant when he came on. And then you know, you look back like two going back like two three weeks ago, there was everyone was saying there's no way he should be anywhere near the starting lineup because of what because of what he's been doing. He comes off the bench and doesn't do anything and he's lazy. And then a couple of weeks later, he has two brilliant performances. Now I no idea what in charm you'll get on Saturday. And that's why that's what's the most frustrating thing. Because yeah. when he's on it, when he's on it, he's class. He's got it in the locker. Yeah. I mean, look, we've given him enough stick, and if he's responding to like his poor performances, that's what we want. So, you know, yeah, yeah we'll criticize him when he's not doing enough. But then it's yeah. only fair to give the credit when he is doing enough and yeah, when he's putting this... the, the performances in. I know people might jump on us and be like, Oh, you've you've criticized him for all this time. Yeah, I don't, I don't... we'll own that. I'll I'll do I it don't... again. I don't get this mentality. It's just funny you touched on this point because if someone is absolutely playing shit and you say they're playing shit, then that's because it's because they're playing shit. But then if two if two weeks down the line they then score a goal, it's like oh you were criticising him. It's like yeah because he was playing shit. Now he's not, but we criticise him because he was playing shit. Yeah, it's the same with Russell Martin. To get good, then like to get his confidence up. Sometimes that's what it takes. It's the same with Russell Martin. Everyone's like oh where's all the Russell Martin doubters now that we've won three games? Like we weren't weren't doubting him necessarily we were criticizing him i think rightfully so because we were awful because we were awful so it's not like oh now we still think he's awful it's just like no we had such a poor start to the season and we were playing so bad then he was rightfully criticized now i give him credit for turning it around and we're playing so well now credit where it's due but also criticize where it's due as well it's like you you can't just be like oh you said this two years ago now it's different yeah i think um you know there is some people that say martin out with no substance and maybe you can yeah ask them that question but we were always like we never said martin up for a start but we we just raised the concerns that we had um we were vocal about bad performances bad decisions bad management and what we would think what we would say is a better way or like how you'd improve it what we would do obviously we're not expecting to listen to us just our opinion isn't it so calling out what we think is bad offering some sort of suggestion or solution but then that's why it's important then to acknowledge when it goes the other way and not to just be like oh well it's just a bit of form and it's going to go bad again which some people do like they'll go quiet and in this period like a lot of people and then they lose the next game now at home to Sunderland and they'll be like ah see you can't win no home games against a newly promoted league one team yeah. now and it's like no that's just not how it works like that's that's for that's football fans who are in especially Swansea fans who bloody hell yeah and um, that's why we like having a conversation and we encourage conversation in the comments or on Twitter where we're most active and we're like you're in a discussion about it and opinions not like just this is your view and that's it everyone else is wrong have a conversation about it on that uh on that note is there anything you want to say about ryan manning after you uh well actually I was, gonna, him a lot. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this just now when i was looking at the player ratings on sofa score right and i gave him a lot of stick last year i did i'll be honest and i do still think he's got it in him to be a bit of a liability and it's been some games this season where his passing hasn't been amazing but he's also been one of our most creative players most like best threats going forward and i think this season he's undroppable on the left and perhaps got a shout for player of the season so far that's um, fair which i own like i own the fact that i did give him a lot of stick but if he sorted that out then he sorted it out i I'm, 
I said some things about it being a liability, but he's not been as much of that now, and he's a far more like one of the first names on the team sheet sort of thing. Um, you know, I don't feel like he's going to get a red card every time he's putting these tackles in right now, which is one of the things he was doing last year. I know it was good and it's nice to see, but in certain situations where you just think, oh, he needs to get him off because he's going to get a red. He always had that in him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or he always yeah. had a pass in him that was going to go astray and lead to a conceding a goal, which there were several of those last season, but he hasn't done it right recently. So I, I needed to call it out. Last last three games, I think he's been brilliant. I mean, the one I, I think I've said it before, but the one, the one, well, the main thing I love about Ryan Manning is he's just got that edge about him. I know, like sometimes it has led to him being a bit of a liability. He might go over the top sometimes, like pre previously, he might get a red card or whatever. But yeah, um, I just we've watching the Swans for years. We rarely have those players that have got that like arrogant edge. It always seems to be someone on the other side. That you tend to hate, but you watch Ryan Manning now in away games, and the fans absolutely hate him, and I love the, that. The, I think that's great. Yeah, the fans. He winds them Sorry, up. yeah, yeah. I love it. I think it's great, and we've never had that player. We've never, we've never had that player. I watched it. Um, that Trundle. Yeah, but it wasn't so much like he had an. He was just class when he he just sort of he did did what he did. But yeah, he's a bit he's of a shit house merchant, didn't he? But yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I and think then, he wasn't you, getting the right balance last year, but now he's yeah. doing it a bit better. And I remember the West Brom game, the away game, obviously last week, um, when he's in the corner at the end. We talked about him being in the corner. He gets fouled, and I think like three friends on that like right on the touchline were there, run down to the bottom, and they're all like screaming at him, basically over the billboards and he's just like smirking and as he's getting up off the floor and then <laughs> the final whistle goes and he just turns to the crowd there and just screams at them and I just think it's great I love it yeah it's good to see and like I said alone yeah he didn't I didn't say he was rubbish last year I just said he's a bit of a liability sometimes and uh he's he's doing well this year and I'm glad to see that I really enjoying his performances so hope it continues um, the main thing I wanted to say when Chamber, though, which I forgot to mention, was like going forward. Obviously, he started ahead of Ollie Cooper here in this game. First time Ollie Cooper's been dropped since he came into the team. What do you do now? Like, I, I felt it was harsh when he got dropped, but then he went and scored. So you can't really say it was a bad decision. Um, it's good to have that competition, don't get me wrong. I just like. I got a dilemma. I I've got my solution. Which one you yours first? Yeah, I yeah, I got a bit of a controversial solution on this one because I think he dropped Dolly Cooper maybe because he needed a rest. Um, maybe from it was Saturday, three games Tuesday. in a week, isn't it? So yeah, I think that's may, maybe why he dropped him. And then Cham did come on and score, so maybe he was like, you know, you know, we can we can make that switch. Um, I think at the moment there's a lot of there's a lot of competition for spaces in the in the sense. Oh, I don't know. Do you want to call it a front? Four, maybe. Three. I think, yeah, front, front three, three, but front three, but also like with who plays alongside Grimes. Because if if we assume Joe Allen is fit, then it's probably nine times out of ten it's going to be Joe Allen and Grimes. So then you've got Fulton, Cooper, and Cham. Pat, I don't know what's happened with Patterson, but you know he's injured. Maybe I just looked. He is injured. Ah, okay, okay. Well, Patterson I didn't realize that he is. Yeah. Patterson, and then you've got Oberfemi and Perot as well. So how do you fit three players well, out of all that? Who are all in, in a team? Did I say Cooper? I can't remember. I said Cooper. Well, at the moment, team. yeah, at the moment he shouldn't be anywhere near it because he's, you know, 
these players are on form, the competition for bases. I don't think Joe Allen should walk straight back into the team, though. I think he needs to come off the bench and prove he should start ahead of Felton because what's he done wrong? Yeah, yeah, I see it. But I think, I, I think, like, I think that he will start. I think, like, the legacy goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he will play him, but I but I, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's harsh to drop Fulton at the moment because he's playing very well. It's hard to drop Ollie Cooper. It's hard to drop in Cham. Now, the There's front two. two I wouldn't be so worried about. Yeah, though. this is what I was going to say. The front two, I think Perot has been quiet for a long, long time. Um, maybe quiet's the wrong word because he scored against QPR, didn't he? And Hull. He four goals in five when um which ended with his goal against Hull. What were the other goals he scored then? He scored one was a penalty, Hull. I think. His first one was a penalty, wasn't it? The penalty was against Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Away. Uh he scored against Hull, the gift at the end, wasn't it? Stoke, and then it? Stoke, yes. Yeah. yeah. Stoke was a good goal. Saw an all a ball in and he finishes yeah. it. He should have done one of them against West Brom. I think since then, though, he misses so many chances now. Um, he missed about five against Hull. I think he had the bar twice, didn't he? Which is maybe unlucky, but he misses so many chances. The goal he scored against Hull then was the gift from uh, the defender. Yeah. But um, he had a couple of chances against West Brom. And then I think against... Oh, the one chance he had against Watford, where he's one-on-one with the keeper and it's a straight at the keeper, was awful. He should have scored. I think it was before the Cabango goal. I think it was one all at the time. Um, but he had a massive chance. He had a straight to the keeper. No, I'm not saying he's awful, by the way, before anyone goes a bit mad. But I'm saying where there's such competition for places, I don't think he's undroppable. And I also think when he tries to shoehorn Obafemi and Perot in together, I think Perot gets lost when he gets dropped deeper. I think he's way out of the game. I think yeah. he's completely out of the game. I do so I would rather pick one or the other. I yeah, think I, I think we've got to that point where you've got to pick one or the other. I agree it's one or the other, but I'm still keeping Perot as the guy. And there's a couple of reasons yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. I think his link-up play has been okay, even though he's been quiet in front of goal. The most of the reason I think he's been quiet in front of goal is when he's dropped back. So putting him there again against Watford, I was concerned. I know we ended yeah. up winning the game, but it wasn't through either of the strikers, let's be honest. Um I don't think either of them had a good game against Watford necessarily. I don't think Obafemi did anything to warrant being the guy starting up front. Um, and also, he's got pace to come off the bench. If you're going to use one or the other, yeah, he's got pace to come off the bench. Um, secondly, there's no one else. If one of them gets injured, we haven't got a third at the moment because Cullen's out. Um, and then there's a couple of stats, all right? I know you're saying Obafemi's been quiet. No, Obafemi. Perot's been quiet over Obafemi, right? But this season now, this is just this season, shots on target per game. So this is an average. So it doesn't matter how many games they've played. Bear in mind who's played more in what position. Joel Perot's on 1.5 and Obafemi's on 0.6. So yeah. as much as he's been quiet with his goal scoring... You only score if you get the shots on target. So for Oberfemi to have essentially one shot on target every two games, whereas Perot's having three shots on target every two games, um, and it does represent in the goals they've scored as well, because Perot's scored four and Oberfemi scored two, and I know it's a penalty in there and all stuff, and he's at the post a couple of times or whatever. But I just think for now, I would still lead with Perot with Oberfemi 
more of a person that can come and change the game. Obviously, if his form completely drops, that could be subject to change, yeah. But I think it's more valuable for our team to have one of them with if in Chams now coming into form and then you've got Oli Cooper in behind those two. Let's see what they can do together. Maybe having the two creative players behind is what someone like Perot needs to get his goals. Because I know there's been a few games where Obafemi wasn't there, but it was Felton that was alongside him. And he done a really good job, but he's not a creative midfielder, is he? That's not really his um, yeah. strong point, whereas Cooper is, but it's still the one guy. Or if, if Patterson comes back, like he's another one. Maybe if he can get back in the team and make his partnership up that he had last year with Peru, where they were assisting and scoring each other all the time, like yeah. perhaps that's what Peru's missing. Um you know, he has missed some good opportunities. He missed one. I think it was against, uh, was it Watford? He had a free header. Or was it against West Brom? Uh, West Brom, yeah, free header. Yeah. Yeah. And he went to the wrong side, essentially. He should have gone back across where the cross has come from, but he tried glancing into the, like, the near post, I think. Uh, he should have gone back across where it's come from, and that was an easy goal. But a bit of confidence, perhaps. But I think he's still showing enough that he should be the guy leading the line. I just yeah, don't yeah, think he I, offers enough behind at all. Like, if the option is, well, like, if you want to start over Fermi, then you can't start Perot, like you said. I don't think he does that role at the moment where two of them play. I think when he first no. tried it after Christmas, it worked because no one perhaps knew it. Yeah. But every game this season they've both started, they haven't both ever been in the game. It was kind of it was kind of the same against Watford because they started them both and it was kind of, uh, for a bit, it was kind of back to the beginning of the season where... People say we like we're all over them, but we had no sort like I don't think we had any yeah. shots on target. We dominated possession, and then Watford went and scored their first like attack. Essentially, yeah, there was no shots. There was no chances. There was that. It was sort of that sort of game happening again, um, with those two playing in those positions. So I, yeah, I think you're right. I'm not saying drop Perot now. I think he's ahead of Obafemi, um, but I just saying in a in a situation now, in a good situation that we're in, where it's hard to drop players that are playing well, you look at someone like Perot, if he's not performing, I don't think he's undroppable. No. You know, if Maybe. like if for example, if he has another quiet game on Saturday yeah. and Obafemi comes off the bench and scores two or something, then I think he's I think he's got to start him the week yeah. after. To be fair, based after what I just said, like if you're basing this for Sunderland, may like then maybe I would say Obafemi just because Obafemi's um actually knows West Brom he scored. But yeah, he scored the most recent goal. He scored against West Brom. So like maybe you're gonna just to make the statement like, oh well I need more from you. Just even if it's one game in it, just to give him a kick up the bum. But um other say like I was just trying to make the point. I do also think it's hard to judge Perot for the basis of all season when he's only played four games as the striker. And that could be a lot of why he is where he is. Um and maybe he's missing a lot of stuff now. Because he's been trying so hard to get there, like he's not in the role he wants to be in. Really, I know he'll play yeah. it, but it's not where he wants to be, is it? Yeah, I think he said he said, and he came out and said um, he wants to be. He wants to play nine. It's his preferred is his preferred position is to play up top. Um, but I, I hope, I hope he doesn't just pick the easy option and drop Ollie Cooper, because I got a feeling that's probably what he will do. I got a feeling that it'll be um, in Cham, Perot, and Obafemi. On the pitch Saturday. If I see Enchant do three games in a row where he performs, I'll be impressed. But I would be concerned. <laughs> you shouldn't think like this, but I would be concerned if he starts against Sunderland. We're going to have an off day because you've been treated to some performances. 
I think he's another one, though. I think he's probably better off on the bench because he was quiet first half. Well, not quiet, but he did have a decent game. But he was starting to give the ball away a little bit in the first half against Watford and then came alive second half. I think he just seems to be better in the later stages of a game. He doesn't drive for people the same way Ollie Cooper does. So it'd be good to see what they can both do together. Like Ollie Cooper will turn sometimes and drive at people. Um, at times in the Watford game, you know, you mentioned a period at the start where you could say we're dominating, but we're dominating the ball, keeping the ball, even if it was in Watford's half, we weren't having shots and getting chances. Yeah. And Champ just looked like another centre midfielder at that point where he's just accepting the ball, moving it on accepting the ball, moving it on. There was no, like, look up, can I play a pass through, can I thread, thread something through over the top, like, drive someone, get them to, like, retreat, make a bit of space, get in behind, none of that. Brody Cooper does try and do those things, so yep. I think we did miss that at the start of the game. Um, it's a good, uh, and, yeah, and it's a good conversation. Really well, when he came on with yep. winning a couple of clever free kicks, yeah. Yeah. Cooper did, just by, like, taking a, ch- a tackle. It's a good, uh, it's a good conversation to have though. Now it's much better with. Uh, we can think you couldn't make a case for anybody starting at the moment, apart from maybe obviously Patterson. If he comes back fit, you could probably make a case for any of those players to be starting. Um, but this, but but again, going back and you know going back to when we were criticising Russell Martin earlier on in the season, people were saying like, oh, he hasn't been backed, he hasn't been backed. But we were saying, this is what I was trying to say. He has got the squad to be doing better. Now they are see the quality of players that they do have and he's yeah. found the formula because <laughs> he, he's not necessarily playing the new players they brought in in January because Kundal played he started again with West Brom and came off the bench um, he didn't come on yesterday yeah he didn't come on yesterday he didn't come on against Watford but he started against West Brom and he came off the bench against Hull and he yeah. got a goal neither Zoko well. Flex but I haven't seen anything from him that I haven't seen Oko Flex but what I'm saying is he's essentially playing the same players that he had at the start of the season when our form was poor to now. So I'm just saying he, he did have the players to do it in the first place. Yeah. Um, and credit to him, he's found the formula. And you've got um, Finley Stevens there, who's right back, but Latabodia has come back from injury and is getting on that right back before Finley Stevens. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one, isn't it? I think, though, they signed him thinking that Latabodia was going to be out for longer. Yeah, but they're both on the bench, which is the odd thing. I think like, they just they could use. Yeah, we've got Congreve around lurking nowhere. Uh, he, he buried him after that Middlesbrough game, wasn't he? Which is weird. Mm, weird one. But yeah, nice to see Latabodia back. Um, yeah, I think he's quite versatile as well. I think like he could slot in a centre back yeah. if he needed to, and good recovery. Or or like wing back. Yeah, we saw a bit of Harry Darling in the Watford game as well. After Norton looked knackered, I guess. Don't actually know why he went off, but I think he's uh, he is knackered and he, he he's. Um, Getting on, he's done a lot of game time when he was showing a couple of mistakes for him. Uh, Darling, come on, took a yellow card like second you've got on the pitch, essentially. <laughs> it's a weird was, one. With, uh, that Darling. was a good injury time for the cards. Like, you've got Darling, oh, yeah, 90 plus 11. <laughs> oh, no, that was the sub. That was that's when he got subbed on. He had a yellow card three minutes after getting subbed on 90 plus 14. Felton, 90 plus 16. Latabotian, 90 plus 17. Nathan Wood, 90 plus 18. So game management lessons are definitely working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See the game out, take a couple of yellows. That's, that's what you want. Yeah, three of those yellows were for time wasting. <laughs> yeah, but Sorinola it's all part, it's all part of it. For time wasting in the seventy seventh minute. It's all part of game. It's all part of game management, isn't it? When you're winning a yeah. game, especially away from home, 
you do everything you can. You you know you do your time wasting. You do your you do your little fouls. Get your yellow cards. It's, every team on earth does it. Yeah. So um, six yellow cards. That's probably a fine for the club as well. But there we are. Um, the last thing, perhaps we could touch on. Don't want to spend too much time. The referee communication thing that resulted oh, yeah, well. in the like twenty something minutes injury time. No, so why couldn't they just carry on with the flags? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Don't get it. Seventeen minutes added time. I've never seen anything like that. Well, I have for injuries, but not for the ref just not having a mic. Yeah, well, I don't get it. Like, what's wrong with the old-fashioned way? Like, and obviously at the penalty incident at the end, I don't even know if they had mics for that anyway. So they waited all that time and didn't have it. Oh, I don't know what the hell was going on there. Just there was a penalty though. I don't know what they were arguing about. Like. He just diving headed through the middle of two of them and went down because he went through the middle of two of them. And uh, obviously you're on the floor. Like he's saying I'm ball, wasn't he? But I think there's nothing in that. Um, I know you've got to head out in a second. So we'll start wrapping up. But I wanted to quickly do before you f- we finish a little game like we normally play. If we can get on that. So I've got um, this time who played for Swansea when they beat Sunderland. Because that's the next opponent. Uh, 2-0 away on the 13th of May 2017. Now, before we get into it, I have a little time to think, starting lineup and all the rest of it. Um, our Sunderland preview video is available. If I remember, I'll put a link to it here on the screen now. Otherwise, just check out our channel and you can hear me catch up with Graham. I can't say his name without thinking of the wrong way to say his name. It's Graham Fark, I think, or uh, like, you know, like the swear word, very close, play on words sort of thing. He called his podcast the What the Fark podcast. Yeah, it's a Graham nice. Fark. Um, Sunderland fan does a podcast. Caught up with him, had a good catch up about um, Sunderland. There's also, we've been tagged in, so I retweeted it. One of the bigger Sunderland podcasts has done an interview with Danny Graham, where he referred to some of his time at Swansea. So if nice. anyone wants to watch that as well, that's around. Um, but yes, so he's got a he's got a clothing line in Swans now, isn't he, Danny Craig? Yeah, I did see that the other day. Oh, that's one of the news things I wanted to touch on. But yeah, that's a bit weird. <laughs> Random. But yes, yeah, so what was the lineup when Swansea beat Sunderland 2 0 at the Stadium of Light 2017? So it was the I was uh, we relegated. I was at this game. Uh, yeah, I went to Sunderland remember. for this game. I remember because it was. I remember this was this was one of the top away days as well. This is up there because I think um, <laughs> we we uh, confirmed safety that weekend, didn't we? Because we beat Sunderland on the uh, Saturday, and I think Crystal Palace beat Hull on the Sunday, and we stayed over. And we, when we were driving back on the Sunday, uh, Hull had lost, and that was that was we were safe that year. Then that guaranteed safety. And that was, and I think it was the year that they um, they give free tickets for the game, and it was a free pie in the away end as well that the Swans players subsidised. Subsidised. Um, nice. Yeah, they they want. They, I think they knew it was that that game we needed to win to stay up, uh, and I think like they wanted the back in like. I'm sure. I, I'm sure Rangel paid for like a flight or something for all the squad to go up who weren't who weren't in the match day squad. To go up and it was just yeah it was it was the away end was rocking and everything was brilliant um but having said that let's see what i don't know what i can remember from the game i um, can't see the i think i can guess who the manager is but it doesn't say on think, my little paul, list paul i think paul clement was manager um, i was gonna say it must have been paul clement but 
yeah, so you go. For, I'll, I'll check that before I give you a point. But, yeah. So I think it was Fabianski and goals. Right. Yeah, it was Norton. Paul Clement. Yeah. Paul Clement. Uh, Norton was playing right back. So Fabianski and Norton are correct. Uh, I want to say Alfie Mawson. Alfie Mawson is correct. Who played centre half with him? Oh, come oh, on, I you know that. that. Do you know, I can't remember if someone had a mental block for this game. Who played centre half? Uh, with Mawson? It's actually, I don't think Ashley Williams was still there, was he? I Ashley Williams? I can't believe you're struggling with centre half. Ashley Williams? I actually can't. No, it's not that. No, it's not. Right, that's who sent her off guest. Next. No, I can't believe you got that wrong. I'm shocked. That's bugging me now. Well, we'll, we'll come back to it because you might, you know, you got the bench to name as well. You don't get another guest. Left back. Struggling with this at all. Bloody hell. Um, left back. Who's playing left back just then? I'm just thinking of the kit we had. It was like, like, I'm sure Williams had gone. Hadn't Williams gone to, um, yeah, he'd gone by then. It was a that was Everton. a desperation guess. That one. Oh my god, why am I so blank on this? Uh, left back. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, think of your burger. It's waiting for you. <laughs> I was thinking Kingsley. I was thinking Stephen Kingsley, but I thought maybe not. Is that your guess? Yeah, I'll go Kingsley. No, it's not Kingsley. Oh, we're not a burger. I thought that fit then because you said burger. I thought oh, burger no, I King. think as you said you're going for a burger after the podcast. So I was ah. just saying, like, the quicker you get the team in, the quicker you go eat your burger. Oh, I thought you were giving me a hint there because I, I, all I had in my What's head was Kingsley. Got to do with Kingsley. Well, Burger King, Burger King. Burger King burger Kingsley. <laughs> That's no, what I thought because you said that. I was like, oh, I'm definitely right. I had Kingsley in my head. <laughs> Screwed you right over with that one. But yeah, no, it's um, Bloody hell. Midfielder. Britain. Yes. Other one. Fair. No. <laughs> you went to this am... game, didn't you? See where you've done yeah. so far. <laughs> it was. I know too it was much, too much of the pop. I know it was. Other midfielder is the third one. Sigurdsson. He's attacking midfielder. Ah, oh, right. Another midfielder is key. Yeah. Them two are correct. Forward. Lorente. Forward. The right is right. Another forward. So I think I said attacking field for Sigurdsson. I think he played left. Jordan uh, played. Oh, I'll just give it away. Lorente <laughs> uh, played up I top. Am. Jordan A, you played right, I think. Ah, okay. So you played Sigurdsson on the left all the time, wasn't he? And oh, three I'll give in you the Jordan middle. Now. There's, there's one. Right, bench. Oh, my God. Uh, no, no, no chance. This, this is more recent than some of the other games we've done. And I remember them all, and I can't remember this one. Goalkeeper? <sighs> oh, I never usually tell you it's a keeper, but there is a keeper. Who's behind Fabianski? Mark Birgitti. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right, now I'm another goalkeeper guess because you wouldn't, so it's Nordfeld. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> Defend the mayor. Yeah. Well, it's actually, Friday no, night. I'm not telling you. So, like, just guess six players. It's Friday night. It's been a long week. Um, 
Oh my god. I can't even remember we had in the team at the time. Six cases left, right? Right, fur on the bench. Yes. Um my god, I have no idea. Okay, Literally can't even remember that squad. Let us know how many you caught. I can't even remember this squad very well. Swansea 2017, year before we got relegated. Paul Clement. Before you signed anyone, really. I was going to... I know, I would say Rangel, but I know he's not on the bench because I think he paid for that flight for everyone to come up. Uh, Rangel is wrong. Yeah. <sighs> Just get some points for that, though. For him remembering that he wasn't well, in like, the squad. Well, it's not in my fact fa- file, so I, I can't um, confirm it. I... I'm struggling with this one, big time. <clears throat> got four left, four guesses left. Just name players at this point, isn't it? It's just um, who might have been in the team. I know they're wrong, though. I know the ones that are definitely wrong. Shelby. Shelby? I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. You're just saying shell players. Right, My head is gone. Left. Um, I know. Well, I, just, the, I knew it was wrong. Poor, this is Lee. You've been good at this game. And now you've got 2017 and this is poor. Uh, I know. And I, and I was in the game as well. Um, my God. Right. Let me think about this. Because Bob Bradley started the season. Oh, I got right. Mo Barrow. No. What? He was there. He was definitely there that time. Yeah, but didn't Clement ship him off in January to Red? We had that was the season that he took over Christmas time. Yeah, and he shipped and, Barrow off. I'm sure he did. Yeah, because he came in in the January, and then we played West. Uh, we played Crystal Palace away, and he came down from the stands, and he like half time. Uh, we had the like blue away kit, didn't we? And the so I think of players who were in that kit. No. Um, not Barrow. I had no idea. I have to give up. Just two guesses left. Just say two names. Baston. Yes. Are you still there? Well, yeah, it's 2017. It was his first season. Him and Lorente, innit? You should have known that. It was always him and Lorente that year. Yeah. Lorente was only there for one year. Because Bradley liked Borgia, didn't he? Yeah, because Lorente was kicking off. Lorente was going to leave because he wasn't playing him. In fact, yeah, I you remember... Scoop, didn't you? You had a scoop from Frank Franco's? Yeah, I had a scoop because apparently he didn't even put him in the squad to go to Everton away. And that was like December. And he was literally like ready to go because he's like, he's not even putting me in the squad. Um, <clears throat> one more player. Uh, let's just go with... <laughs> I don't even know. Um... No, this is, I can't believe you're struggling. I'm going to keep myself on this one. I've obviously got the names in front of me, so it's easy, but I, know, I thought you'd do better here. I thought I would as well. It's just one of them. It's just out of blank. I don't even know what to guess. Just say a name. Any name. Jose Cañas. <laughs> no, I know he wasn't there at that time. Ages ago, mate. I know. Right, I know. so we got defender Stephen Kingsley on the bench. Oh, yeah. Oh. I forgot because uh, I already said him. I didn't say yeah, that again. Mike Van der Horn. Oh my god! Yeah. Jack Hawk. Yeah. Fuck. Luciano Narsing. Yeah. 
Okay, who scored the goals? <laughs> right, Kyle Norton scored. A screamer. You can tell you the goal he scored from the right-hand side and smashed it across the keeper. Yeah, he did. And then Laurenti scored the other one. Sigurdsson like, chipped it in and he scored there. Okay, so you were actually watching the game then, even if you didn't remember who was there. <laughs> <laughs> and what three players came off the bench and who did they replace? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, let's say Kingsley came on. For Ayu. Ayu? Oh, Jordan Ayu. I was going to say Andre whenever it's Jordan in it. Um, no, he didn't come on. And obviously not for Ayu because he didn't come on. <laughs> Baston on for Ayu? Uh, no. Jack Cork on. Jack Cork on for Key. No. Jack Cork came on, but he came on for Britain. Ah, okay. So no, 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 no points. Who was who um, started in midfield then? We had this already. It was Britain. Oh, Carroll. I didn't tell you the ones who got wrong in the first team. Oh, Carroll was the other midfielder. Fucking hell. Um, Martin Olsen, left back. Tom Carroll. And you're going to kick yourself on a Martin Olsen. You're going to kick Go. yourself a centre back. Federico Fernandez. Oh, my God. That's awful. <laughs> that is so bad. I don't know. Do you want to make it even worse? Wrong. Do you want to make it even worse? I got him on the him. back of my shirt. Yeah, I loved Fernandez. I absolutely loved Fernandez. That's poor. That's poor. Call That's yourself poor. A That's poor. That is awful. Um, yeah, so Leroy Foyer came off a key. Jack Cork came off a Britain. And Narsin came off a Laurenti. Um, <clears throat> so there we go. That is who. The knowledge, was, the knowledge was good. The knowledge yeah. was good, apart from the starting lineup. Because I remembered referee? everything. Oh, God. Mike Dean. <laughs> Andre Mariner. <laughs> oh. What was the attendance? 33,512. Yeah, not too fast. 38.7. <laughs> uh, I think Sunderland went down that season, didn't they? Yeah, they'd already been relegated. And they saved us because they beat Hull the week before. And they, they were already relegated and they beat Hull. Um, which saved us. And then Hull lost then on the Sunday. And we beat Sunderland and that literally... That literally kept us up. A couple of notable mentions from their team. Jordan Pickford Jermaine, was in goals. Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe started up front with Fabio Barini. Uh, John O'Shea. God, how did they go down? Jason Denea was... I mean, I mean, the rest is... I don't think it's that good. This team, really. Lee Cardamo. Uh He didn't start. He's not on the bench. Perhaps he was injured. Must have been injured. Fun um, fact as well for you. Yeah. Just to finish. The same day as Eurovision, that was. How was it? Did you watch it on the way home? I was watching it in the pub after. <laughs> Jack Rodwell was on the bench. Okay. Well, uh, that's been decent then. We'll wrap it up there. Anything else to say? Nah, not much. No? It's well, going well so far. You are, sorry? Going well at the moment. Let's get another winner home on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, so obviously the pre-match is up. Go check that out. But do you want to do a quick prediction for that? I know you're not going to say the team. Just what do you think the score is going to be? 2-0 Swans. I said 2-1. I, th- I said that it would be like... I wouldn't be surprised to see a start off well. Get a good no. early goal or two. And then be squeaky bum time by the end after they get one back like in the second half. And then squeaky bum time. I almost dread home games now more than away games. I think we play better away for a start, and I think part of it is the crowd is so impatient these days. Like home yeah. games become yeah, well, we that's said another that side COVID, issue. Didn't we? That's another uh, we side so issue. We played so well over COVID because of 
we didn't have a crowd. It's just so, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll wrap up there. So thanks as always to everyone for watching, listening. Check us out um, on Sports Social Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Uh, check out our match preview videos as well. We're trying to be more active on TikTok, so you can follow us there. We've gained quite a few followers on there, actually. Uh, we're, we're creeping up towards a thousand followers on on Twitter. So we're going to hit that first milestone. And we're creeping up towards 500 on YouTube as well. We're on like 467 now. So thank you to everyone that does subscribe. We really want to hit 500. And we said from for a while now, when we get to 500, we're going to do a giveaway, probably a swan's top. So not many left, only 33 people. Hit that subscribe button and we're going to do a giveaway. So we'll release details on it soon, I guess. And um, as always, thanks. Let, let us know in the comments your thoughts. And we shall see you in the next video. So goodbye for now. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.